Welcome to the final episode of the first season of Phobias of Our Lives. Just like before, my name is Matthew, and why don't you hop into the pool and join me in the deep end as we explore the phobias of our lives. Episode 6, Trypophobia. This fear, which has been cursing the internet ever since I've been in middle school, is the aversion or fear of clusters of small holes, bumps, or patterns. While it might be colloquially known as the fear of holes, it doesn't only apply to holes. Like I said before, patterns of bumps or other patterns closely grouped together can cause extreme aversion or fear in people dealing with trypophobia. There's even a story about a 12-year-old girl with trypophobia who, upon being asked to draw an image of her fear, she filled the page with patterns of clustered round dots. So goosebumps on your skin or even like chess boards have been linked to causing people with this fear to have a panic response. And the symptoms of these are emotional distress, fear and anxiety, feelings of revulsion, goosebumps, itching, nausea, panic attacks, rapid breathing, shaking, sweating, and or vomiting. Some Behavior changes that we see in people while not direct symptoms, uh, people may alter their behavior in order to avoid situations that could trigger their phobia. They could avoid eating certain foods or even avoid buildings based on the wallpaper or buildings materials, uh, like concrete. How if you actually look up close at concrete, it has a very uneven surface that has a pattern of little divots in it that could cause a fear response for someone with trypophobia or cinder blocks or bricks, where if the bricks are turned on their side, they have those holes in the side of it. Uh, personally, in my neighborhood, there is a house that has a carport where the bricks are spaced in such a way that there is a hole in between each brick that is placed. And someone with trypophobia would absolutely not own that house because that could elicit a fear response in them if they didn't scout the house ahead of time. Some situations that can cause triggers are bubble wrap, bubbles, condensation, coral, fruit seeds, holes or bumps on flesh, honeycombs, insect eyes, lotus seed pods, pomegranates, sea sponges, strawberries, wasp nests, holes in diseased or decaying flesh, or man-made patterns, as well as animals that have spotted or patterned coats, can also cause a phobic reaction. Some possible causes for this phobia. <laughs> a, a notable trigger that I came across is the holes in diseased flesh, which to me immediately threw up a yellow flag of, hey, I might want to research into this a little bit later to see if I can find where the heck that came from. This Trigger actually gives credence to the theory that this fear has a strong tie to evolutionary responses, since parasites, disease, and other infectious situations commonly cause holes to appear in the skin. So our evolutionary drive for survival could influence the development of this phobia. There's also a link to trypophobia and dangerous animals or insects. The patterns on many venomous creatures share similarities to clusters of holes and dots, which some theorize could cause an unconscious fear response through association. And an interesting tidbit for this one is, in my middle school career, 
I always specifically remember on iFunny.com, uh, which again, if you didn't just use the mobile app for it, I, I don't know how you survived because their user interface is kind of terrible. Uh, there was always just one of those little memes of don't look up trypophobia, you'll regret it. And then of course, everybody had to look it up because they didn't know what it meant. And I think a lot of people discovered that they had trypophobia because of that meme. But needless to say, writing this story was a little bit more interesting for me because I personally don't suffer from trypophobia, but I, I also wanted to sort of try something new with writing this story. My previous stories all had a different sort of perspective for each time they were written, uh, or they had a different sort of gimmick for them as well. And this one, I'll give you a heads up now, a very, very self-righteous main character. Uh, but the important change for me was a shift to a more rhyme scheme near the half of it, just because I felt like that would be an interesting way to finish off a horror story. Uh, and so without further ado, I introduce you to the final short story that is written by yours truly, read by my friend Hayden Nichols. My beautiful garden has been the envy of my neighbors ever since I planted it. I'm not bragging, merely stating the obvious. Their envious glances and crude replications of my masterpiece have not escaped my notice, but I choose to not bring up the issue with them. Imitation is the highest form of flattery after all. <laughs> the reason I mention this is because a crime has been committed. Someone mangled my lovely garden. Right below my golden daisies and all throughout my paler than paper petunias are these repulsive pits in the garden bed. They weren't there when I went to sleep last night. And I know this for sure since I always make sure to do my nightly upkeep on my precious flowers. But this morning when I went to remove any invaders of the insect variety, I saw the offending divots mocking me from between the flowers. I could see what looked to be small little grains of rice in between them before I saw their movement. Maggots. Whoever did this wanted to ensure my garden would be unusable for the future. I did my best to clean out the creatures without damaging my garden any further, but some sacrifices were inevitable, no matter how skilled I may be with the trowel. The dark recesses mocked me and knew that I couldn't fill them back up with the inferior soil from outside my garden, so I had to just glare at those offensive pockets while I formed my next plan. Unfortunately, I keep finding my eyes drawn back to those holes. Something about them just feels too natural to disrupt. At this point, I notice I've been picking at my arms again and have to return indoors to bandage back up the old scars. As I wrap the gauze around my arms, I see my neighbor in their yard. Their gaze is one of a mocking calm, but I'll show them, I'll show them all. I tear up the old to replace with new so the next plants may be kissed by morning dew. I rip, rip, rip up olden roots. The rotten decay sticks to my boots. Sunken pits that used to gaze since filled with dirt so worms could play. My hard work reduced to piles of refuse and litter spark within me feelings so bitter. My neighbor knows not what his nosiness earned him. I see the garden within seeking a trim. 
Knowing none but I can bring it to its apex, I begin my work about which they'll write epics. I wait for the moon, my companion in planning. My eyes seek an entrance, constantly scanning. The next day my garden shall return once more, and the worms will again have food to explore. The flowers shall grow and rise up anew, and people will compliment them as they pass through. His wife won't look for him, of that I am sure. Since they're together once more, their love may mature. The holes will return as nature runs its course, but I always find another, there is always a source. The rot rends flesh from cartilage and bone, but by then my garden shall have grown. As maggots feast and breach up from the earth, my garden will grow and increase in its girth. Cemeteries dig holes just to cover with grass, whereas mine are covered with plants showing class. <laughs>